Everybody say amen. 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 Man, I'm going to mess my throat up up here for a That's not a bad thing, though, is it? Especially when the Lord heals somebody. It's worth it. And the Lord does heal, right? Well, I wanted to encourage everybody um, this morning before I give you my message, because you might not be encouraged by my message. Yes, you will. I feel like, and I've said this a lot, you know, that there's a shift happening. I think it's happening. Okay, I think there's a shift in the spirit that's happening. I know I had a shift this week, and uh, you know what it was was just simply me declaring something out loud, and I felt something happen to me when I said something. It's really, you know, it's just we're just in a different time now. Now stop acting like yesterday. Stop. Your spirituality of yesterday was awesome for yesterday, but it ain't necessarily awesome for today. Now that's really the truth. And so I believe God wants to stir His people up. And we can't, if we're not uh, active when the Lord's active, then we're going to be missing what God's doing. Don't be passive spiritually. Now is not the time to be passive spiritually. Now's not the time to wallow in anything. Um, Self-pity or or disappointment or defeat or loss. It's just time to get out of that. And if you get out, if you'll make a step out, if you by faith, you'll find that God's right there and that God will do some things in your life. Amen. Well, I'm not just telling you everything. I'll tell you some bad things the Lord told me this week. He told me I was more carnal than I knew. That's a great word. You're more carnal than you think you are. And at that moment, I saw all this carnality in my life. I'm like, oh, Lord, I really am. I'm so sorry. I'm so carnal, Lord. Isn't it amazing when the Lord speaks to you? It's, there's no condemnation in it. There's, there's peace in it. There's love in it. There's deliverance in it. And he just, you know, God's good, man. Amen. Yes, sir, all the time. Whoever said that, told the truth. All right, so I want to try to give you some message. If I can, Lord, help me. Let me read this amazing scripture. John chapter 5, verse 16 through 19. This is some of my favorite verses. It said, The Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. He had just healed a man who had been sick for forever and raised him up. And... It just happened to be on the Sabbath. Jesus broke a lot of our Sabbath rules. If you go study the New Testament, you'll see he's always doing stuff to break the rules, the Sabbath rules. Not because he was wanting to be difficult, but because he was trying to break something else spiritually that had got a hold of the people. And it was religion. And it was rules. And it was regulations. And he wanted to break all that out and bring people into life. And so that's why he would just, I believe, purposely... Go out on every Sabbath and look for somebody to heal. Just so he could, you know, go against the religious spirit. Uh, But Jesus replied to them, this is something that Becky really said to me a hundred times this year. My father is always working. Isn't that beautiful? My father is always working. My father's not always resting. He's always working. Now, we need to rest, okay? But we need to work. (laughs) 
But Jesus said, so am I. And that's why I healed that guy that day, because the Father was working and he was working. And so we need to figure out our rhythms in life and the rhythms in the Spirit. Some of you got into a bad rhythm. It's like a lazy kid that wants to sleep at noon every day. That's not good. It's not good. God wants to break you out of that. So the Jewish leaders... You're not thinking I'm fussing at you, are you? <laughs> Seems like it. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. So they then went from being mad at him to wanting to kill him over this. Isn't that amazing? For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his Father, thereby, thereby making himself equal with God. See, in the Hebrew mind, if you said somebody was your father, you was equal to him. And so when Jesus said, my father is always working, he was declaring himself to be equal with God. He was flat declaring that that day, that I'm equal with him. You know, he later said, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. Well, that really outraged everybody. And I think we all really need to get a little revelation that we're sons of God and that we have God in us, okay? He wants out. He really does want out. This is a time where God wants out. And when I say out, he wants to manifest himself through us. And so I, I just really feel that really strong. Um, I'm going to really get to this message in a minute, Okay? Um, so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. This is one of the most beautiful scriptures in the Bible, I think. The son can do nothing by himself. The son, Jesus said, I can't do nothing by myself. Mm-hmm. And later, uh, he told us in John 15, apart from me, apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. I heard Chuck Swindoll say one time years ago, uh, the seven most important words in the Bible was that John 15. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Boy, if we get that revelation, we'd be amazing. You know, when we were just a, a connected with Christ and we began to operate like Christ operated. Jesus knew he couldn't do anything, but he said the Father's always working, therefore he's always doing something. Um, so he does only what he sees the Father doing. Whenever, whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds beautiful, but sometimes, and in some ways, I'm sure for all of us, there's just been times when we reach something like that, and it just seems out of reach. Right? Has it ever felt that way when you read certain things in the Bible, and it just seems so, you believe it? It's just amazing. It, that's an amazing verse, but, it, but for me, it just seems out of reach that I can even see what the Father's doing. Are you hearing me? And so what happens to us many times, I believe, I know it's happened to me, is when we see something really beautiful like this, and this this said well, and and we believe with all our heart for Jesus, okay, or we believe with all our heart for some anointed person, right? We believe other people can see what the Lord's doing. We believe other people can connect with God, and hear the voice of God and, and get revelation from God. But we don't always believe it for ourselves. Right. Do we? Right. We really don't. And so what happens when we do that with anything in the Word of God is we take those beautiful things and they just become, they inspire us in a, in a, a wonderful way, but we set them aside. Yeah. It's not for me. Yeah. It's just an inspiration to be a good Christian person. And an inspiration to love this person of Jesus. But for us to really take it upon ourselves and believe upon ourselves 
that we could actually do what Jesus did. That we could actually see the Father. We could actually see what He was doing. We could actually hear His voice. So many people are desperate to hear God's voice. I mean desperate. So many people are wanting a word from the Lord. Isn't it interesting how God will take prophets away sometimes? You know, like, they ain't, they're not giving you a word. Okay? It's great to have prophets in your life, by the way. You know, it really is. People who can hear the Lord that you can go to. But sometimes the Lord will, will, will take the prophetic word away from you because there's something greater He wants you to have. Because He wants you not to limit yourself. And He wants you to begin to know that you can, you can hear the Lord for yourself. You can get things from God yourself. Yeah. And a lot of times we become, especially when we're in difficulties, we, come, we become anxious and frantic. Am I talking to anybody in this room? Or I'm the only person in this room. I find myself in these jams sometimes in life, like, God, please talk to me. You know, and it seems like to me, in my experience, when I felt like I needed something from God the most, nothing. Nothing. Zero. You even go to prophetic people. You got a word from me? No. Sorry. God ain't said a word for me about you. I pray the Lord gives me something. I'll give you a call. Well, don't wait by the phone. You know, don't wait on that call because more than likely it's not going to happen. That's been my experience. I know even when Bob Jones was alive, which I had a great relationship with, I would say, Bob, you got a word for me? No, you don't need a word. You just don't need a word. Well, wait a minute, Bob, I do need a word. Here's your word. Do what God's already told you to do. That's what he would say. I'm like, oh, you're giving everybody else a word, but you won't give me a word. And it just was like, oh. You know, one time he, I love this about Bobby, you know, kind of figure him out. One time he gave this, gave this great message. And I went out like, Bob, pray for me about that message because it really, it really spoke to me. He said, did you understand what I was saying? Yeah. Good, you got it. He walked off. <laughs> got it. I really need you to do something. Um, so I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about hearing God and seeing God. Connecting with God, and here's the. And, and I'm motivated about it because um, I just feel like there's a need for, for people to connect with God and hear God for themselves and be able to dial into God. A lot of times we uh, teach about hearing God. We talk about different ways God speaks, uh, right? You know, like dreams and visions and symbolic stuff, and that's been the really the primary way the church has taught this. I mean, that's been the primary way I've done it. But I've discovered there's another thing. It's not necessarily the different ways that God may speak to us, but how do we recognize when He is speaking to us? How do we know that if we get a dream, is this dream really from God? How do we know when we get an impression in our hearts that we feel like this could possibly be God? How do we really discern that? How do we really know that? Are you following me? Yeah. I have found that to be even a greater need than just knowing that God speaks through dreams and visions and the Word of God or commercials on television. How do you know if you think God is speaking to you through something outside the Christian world which you feel like God's speaking? How do you know it's really God? Uh-huh. You hear one? Are y'all following me? Yeah. So that's really the thing I feel like we need is to be able to tune our hearts and tune our minds in into the Lord. I found in my life, you know, I've made some bad mistakes based on what I thought God was telling me. 
okay, and kind of got in trouble doing something that I believe God told me to do. And I've never, and somehow I've never concluded that I didn't hear God, but things happen. You know, things just happen. And just because God told you to do something doesn't mean you're going to be able to successfully do it. Are you following me? Yeah. So sometimes they have, but then there's times when you miss the, when I've missed the Lord. But I'll tell you the worst trouble I've ever got in my life, period, is when I felt for sure the Holy Spirit was saying, don't do this. And I did it anyway. Those are times I've gotten burned harshly. Are y'all, I don't know about yeah. you, but I'll tell you, that's, yeah. I've had a couple major times in my life when I felt the Holy Spirit was saying no. But I let everybody around me. See, this is the thing, y'all. Yeah. Listen, everybody around you can be saying yes to something, yeah. and the Holy Spirit can be saying no to you. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's right. And so I let the yes of everybody else overcome the no of the Holy Spirit in me. Yeah. And I got my little honey in bad trouble. Yeah. Big time bad trouble. And it took me a while to get out of it. And I think, oh, God, one of the... It's like, well, you know, sometimes God will let you go through something. So next time you feel that little no in your heart, you're like, oh, I'm not doing that. I don't care what everybody says. I don't care, you know, if the President of the United States said God told him this, and I'm feeling no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Well, that might be, not be the best example of a spiritual person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Lord bless the president. Amen. 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 You know, uh, in, in Acts 16, um, the Apostle Paul had this uh, amazing thing happen to him. He was preaching the gospel. And so, here's the way, if you study Paul, here's the way Paul operated. He wasn't sitting around trying to get a word from the Lord all the time. He was doing what God had already told him. Mm-hmm. See, some of you in this room, you're waiting on a word from God. You just start doing what he's already told you to do. And everybody in this room, he's already told us to do some things. Okay? He's told us to take care of the poor. Yeah. If we're not doing the things he already told us, we may not expect him to be talking to us about other stuff. Yeah. Are y'all following that? Yeah. You probably don't like it. But I'm just telling you, you know, visiting the sick in the hospital. That's another thing that Jesus said, or the prisoner, you know, clothing people. I mean, those are simple things that God told us to do. If, I'll say it one more time, Matthew 23, I think it's Matthew 23. When Jesus comes back in all his glory and springs the nation before him, one of the things he's going to say, you are my sheep because you fed me when I was hungry. You clothed me when I was yeah, poor. Amen. You visited me when I was sick. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. When did we do that, Lord? If you've done it to the least of these. The least of these. The least of these. Hallelujah. This is what my followers really do. I know I've said this to you before. But this is really important. If you really want to begin to connect with God and what God's doing, do the basic things He's already said to do. You don't need some movement from the Holy Spirit to do that. You just need some wisdom on where to apply that and how to do it. That's all you need. And God will give you that if, you, if he sees that your heart is open to really doing these kinds of things. Amen. You know, healing the sick. And that's the, the gospel of, of uh, the Great Commission in Mark. Delivering people from devils. All of those are things that the church, should, that should be our norm. Why is it not our norm? Honestly. Yeah. Why is it, does it have to be a special thing? We have to ask ourselves those questions. If he said do these things... Why does it have to be something special for us to realize that? 
Why is it that just not the norm of the church when people got delivered from a devil today? Or somebody got a healing day. That should be our norm. Because Jesus said they'd be doing those things. Somebody that was poor got some clothes given to them. Somebody who didn't have supper tonight got some food given to them. I don't sound like us, do I? No. I'm just telling you some stuff, y'all, that will begin to shift us if we'll begin to pay attention to what the Scriptures teach. Anyways, Paul was preaching the gospel, and he tried to go into Asia, and it says the Holy Spirit forbid him, forbid him from doing it. Wow, the Holy Spirit doesn't want the people in Asia to hear the gospel and get saved? No. Just didn't want Paul doing it at that moment. How did Paul know that? How did he know? See, there was something in Paul that knew that he's like, oh, that's the Holy Spirit talking to me. How did he know that? That's like, well, how did he know? What did the Holy Spirit do to forbid him? You know, it doesn't tell us. It just says he was not permitted to do that by the Lord. And Paul was wise enough. Like I say, Paul operated the green light method. He was going until he hit a stoplight. That's right. And then he, he was the door shut. Right. Yeah. Well, we we're not supposed to go there. Where are we supposed to go? They prayed. Paul had a dream. This is where we're supposed to go. We're supposed to go to Macedonia because there's a person asking them to come in the dream. Amen. Are y'all following me? So we Amen. have to learn how to... That was beautiful that God spoke to him like that. But what we need to learn is how do we know when God's speaking to us? How do we really know this? Am I helping y'all or am I just yeah, confusing y'all? Amen. All right, so I, I wrote down things because I've been working on this for a while in my own life because I've gotten too many. Like I told somebody recently, I don't have enough. I don't have another ten years to toss down the drain just going after something that God's mm -mm. not going after. Mm -mm. I've done some of that stuff. I don't really need no big costly mistakes at this point in my life. I need to, I need to be doing what the Lord's called me to do and not get in stuff that's awesome and wonderful. But He just not said go that direction. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Yeah. And so we really need to hear the word of the Lord about Amen. things. Now, I think um, every decision that we make. If it's going to affect your life, if it's a big decision that could, could be life-changing for you, you need a word of the Lord to be able to pursue that thing. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Yeah, right. You need a word from God. You don't need to, oh, I feel this, or I think that. Oh, that seems good. That's what they're doing. I don't want to do that. I want a preceding word from God if it's going to really have some big, huge impact in my life. Well, this might cause me to miss supper. I think I could get away with that. But if it's going to, if it's the, has the potential to impact me financially, if it has the potential to affect my children, my grandchildren, my church life, my friends, I better get a word from the Lord on that. Yeah. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that. This business, listen, God, and I love this, God, pursue your dreams. Go after your dreams. Do your dreams. But somewhere in that, if there is not a word from God, you're going to get in trouble in your life. Mm. And if that dream is, and we say we've got to have a dream and it's got to be big but you can't do it. That's how you know it's from God. And you go after that thing and God didn't give you the word to go. And it could be a dream from God. Mm. But God has his own timetable. Y'all just stare at me. Y'all are like, where's he going? I'm telling you, I'm telling you things. So here, let me just take a few things here. It's more organized. 
I'm just saying this because I think we're in an hour where we need to hear from God. Yeah. We need to know that we're hearing God. Yeah. Okay? And we need to know how to hear God yeah. for ourselves. Yeah. Okay? And we need to get out of this immaturity about things. You know? We really do. So here's, here's one of the things that I believe that's really important about hearing God and discerning God. It's, it's relational. I think that's the most important thing there is about it. About hearing God is it's a relationship. Yeah. I mean, everything starts and ends with God in relationship. Yeah. There's this guy. Uh, his name is Desmond Morris. Anybody ever heard of good old Desmond? If you do marriage stuff, you hear Desmond. Desmond was a behavioral scientist, and he developed this thing called the Twelve Steps of Intimacy. The Twelve, and in other words, what he said, he was studying why some marriages didn't work and why some worked. And he studied human behavior, attraction between a man and a woman, not the other way. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> man and woman attraction. What are the steps that ultimately lead to real intimacy between these people? Because we live in such a sexualized society, many people, they may, be, have, they may do the first step and jump right into the last step, which is intimacy. And that's destructive. We know that. But there's marriages where they go through steps and it sort of starts out. There's 12 steps. You know, you see a person and you're attracted to them. They see you. It's like the first step. Then there's a step of holding somebody's hand. That's a step. It's that humans do in courting and pursuing each other. And then there's a step where you may touch their shoulder. There's a step when you put your hands around their waist. There's a step where you put your hands in their hair. I'm talking more from a man's standpoint. I don't know, have no hair, so they can't do that. You know, except complain about no hair I don't have. I used to have hair, though, a lot of hair at one point. And I loved it. And I had to let it go. Because it was leaving anyway. And you know, so what he's seen, he basically in his, his research and study is. You don't have to do every step in the same order, but if you don't do enough of those steps down the road, that marriage has a strong possibility of not making it. It's, it's just based on statistics and scientific study. And so for us, as we become the know the Lord, we've got to go through some steps with Him in our relationship with Him and getting to know Him and getting to understand His voice and, and learning what God likes and what God doesn't like. So as a new believer, we are dependent on other people. And we should be. Because they're older, they walk with God a lot longer, they kind of get it. And so we are dependent on them to kind of help us and lead us to make these steps and connect with God ourselves. And so we've got to give this thing time. Because all good relationships take time. They take investment. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? If you really want to begin to discern God and hear God and see what He's doing, you have to be willing to invest into the relationship. God's invested everything into the relationship. And so we have to give it time. It's not like you all of a sudden one day you're going to be walking around knowing all this stuff. You know, because it would be destructive to you because you wouldn't have wisdom and you wouldn't have His heart on it. And so that's the first thing that I've that's been helpful in my life is, is learning that. I think this guy Desmond 
to me, is really nailed it in human relationships. And I think it's the same thing in our relationship with God. Is that we have to be willing and be intentional to, to have this relationship with God. Begin to touch God in different ways. Let God touch us in different ways. And start getting used to Him. Listen, I, I, just, I want to tell you this. There's people in this room, you are afraid of the Holy Spirit. You're not willing to let go. Because you are afraid it's going to, you're going to look foolish. And you will look foolish. You're going to look foolish when the Holy Spirit comes on you. But wouldn't you rather just look foolish than be foolish? There's a big difference. I will take looking foolish all day if I don't have to be foolish. Because a foolish man will not allow the Holy Spirit to touch them. And they're not willing to let go. I can't wait for the day when the Holy Spirit comes on this church real strong. Where people start acting foolish again. Some of you are not going to like it. You're going to be shocked about it. You're going to want to leave because you think these people are crazy. But really the truth is you're crazy if you feel that way. And that's really the truth. We need to let, let go of some things. But that's just another day. So get to know the Holy Spirit. Get to know the Holy Spirit. That's how you get to know God. Amen? Oh, i got to hurry up. I'm not doing too good. You're all right. You're all right. Come on, Byron. Come on. You're all right. The second thing has to do with the Word of God. If you want to know what God's saying, you need to know what He said, I believe. If you want to know what God's saying, it's good to know what He said. If you want to know what God's doing, it's good to know what He's already done. And the way we get that is through the Bible. That's how we know what God said. That's how we know what God's done. Let me give you this beautiful scripture. Everybody knows I love this scripture. This is old news to y'all, I'm sure. It says, faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17, and hearing by the word of God. Notice what it said. Notice what it said. It did not say faith comes by the word of God. It says faith comes by hearing. It says your hearing or your seeing comes from the word of God. And when you hear or see, that's where your faith gets activated. Do y'all get that? If you want to hear God, this is really what it says. We need the Word of God to be able to activate, get our hearing in tune where our faith can begin to flood. That's really the truth. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Because I always used to read it, well, this is how you get your faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, but it doesn't say that. It says faith comes by hearing, hearing something from God, but your hearing comes from the Word of God. That's the difference. It's a big difference. Mm-hmm. This is what Jesus said, uh, Mark 12, 24. This is amazing. These guys, have, and I know I've preached on this before too. I keep thinking, I'm repeating myself. Lord, help. That's what old people do. <laughs> but you know, these guys who didn't believe in the supernatural called Sadducees. And they were asking Jesus about you know, the Jewish tradition. If a man married a woman and he died and he had a brother, his brother had to marry the woman. That's how things work in, that day, in those days. And then they were like a bunch of brothers and all of them wound up dying. I'm thinking, what did that woman do? Was she killing those guys? I mean, every one of them died. That was a bad example. I'm thinking, you know, she was a black widow, man. She was killing all these guys. They were worried about who's, whose wife will she be in the resurrection. She's not even going to get there because she's a black widow. She's a killer, a murderer. <laughs> That's what the police would think today. Call the police. How many husbands as you can? This guy. That's unusual. 
Well, Jesus said, this is what he said to them. This was his response when they brought up. Your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. Ooh. Your mistake. Mm. In other words, that's where we go off the mark. And then he said down in verse 27 of that, is you didn't make a serious error. And so that word mistake means to go off the path, to get away from the truth. That's, that's what it means. And so when we don't really have a life in the Word of God, we're going to get off the path. We need to have a life in the Word of God and the power of God. Yeah. You can say what you want. This is what Jesus said. We're going with that, right? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Okay. Um, the next thing is slow down. Boy, that's a great word, isn't it? Y'all need to slow down. Uh, Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I'm God. In other words, we've got to slow down and get our hearts in sync with heaven. Because heaven's not in a hurry. You're in a hurry. I'm in a hurry a lot of times. But heaven is not in a hurry. Heaven has its own pace. Heaven is not going to, to shift itself into our pace. We need to shift ourselves into heaven's pace. Most Christians, or a lot of Christians, don't really have time for a real robust, robust life in the Lord. You're too busy. You got too many things going on in your life. You're way too busy to have to be, you know, to really engage God on that level. Because to really engage God, listen, God, it takes it takes moments of quietness. It takes moments of, of backing up. It's not always go go go. It takes letting go of things, letting go of the urgent. Y'all, I hear y'all just like, oh yeah, praise God for that. But this is really the truth. There's a, uh, a guy who actually wrote a book who he said uh, uh, the greatest problem, he's a pastor, he said the greatest problem in American Christianity is that we're in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, he said that's destroying us spiritually. It's destroying us. God's not in a hurry. And so if we're going to really engage with God, we have, to give, we have to give moments to engage. I mean, so here's what we have, y'all. Okay? We don't have time to engage with God to have this robust life with God, much less take food to the poor, much less go to the hospital and visit somebody, mm -hmm. much less go pray for the sick. But we don't even have time for God to have a relationship with Him. We're going through our little devotion every day and, and rushing through it with our brain somewhere else. Yeah. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? Yeah. I'm just telling y'all, this is true, y'all. I'm really telling you this is the truth. But we, we can find time to do other things that we like to do. So, again, I'm not, just pretend I'm a daddy talking to you. Okay? I'm not, I'm not fussing, y'all. It may sound fussy. I don't want to be fussy because I'm not a fussy person. I think I told you, I'm, just, I'm an explosive person. I'm like, yeah, yeah, everything's doing a little, little, little. And I'll say, well, y'all, why are you done? <laughs> I never am fussy with my kids. Of course, Daddy says I kind of ride sometimes. You know. I'm going to hurry up and get done. Here's a great one here. This has really helped me in my life a lot. And it's helped me in my worst moments. It's aligning my thoughts with God's nature. Aligning my thoughts with God's nature. When you first think about God, what do you think? That tells you a lot. The first thing that comes to your mind. 
And the way we see God affects everything. And so I've learned this. I've learned this a simple thing. is faith, hope, and love. You know, faith, hope, and love. That's, that's what God's all about. He's, he's about faith. He's about hope. He's about love. And the more I read the Bible, the more I realize that's God. That's the nature of God. That's who God is. He's full of faith. He's full of hope. He's full of love. So anytime I'm hearing something, does is there faith in it? Is there hope in it? Is there love in it? That's how you can discern that one simple thing. It's really powerful. It's really changed my life, really. Because so much of what I used to hear, it had a tinge of condemnation on it. It had a tinge of have to. It had a tinge of misery on it. That's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit. The devil is clever, but he's not perfect. The devil can come disguised as God, as an angel of light, the Bible says, but he's not perfect. And if you pay attention, you can catch the little thing that he can't. He can't, there's a little piece of darkness he'll never cover because he's not perfect. Only God is perfect. Amen. And so you can begin to catch these things when the devil comes. Because the devil does talk to you. He does, you know, or maybe demons, because I don't know think the devil really wants to mess with people like us. They're going after these big time people like the president of the United States. Get him, he can get us all, right? It's true. Take down the president of any nation, you take down the whole nation. You better be praying. Um, let me read this verse to you, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Power, love, and so here's, here's one of the things I do. If I'm hearing something, does it make me want to pull back? Does it make me feel overwhelmed? Does it make me afraid? If I feel any of that, I'm saying, that's not God. But does it empower me? Power. Does it, and as what you hear, does it empower you? In your heart, in your mind, in your thoughts, are you empowered? Does it make you feel loved? Does it make you feel, it's like when I said the Lord was telling me how far I was, I felt loved at that moment. I didn't feel rejected. I felt like a father came to me and said, Byron, don't delude yourself. Don't be foolish to think you're not carnal when you're thinking everybody else is. You're, you're really carnal, son. Here's, and all of a sudden, like I said, I had this flash in front of me of all my carnality. You know, like, oh, gosh, I am. I you know? And so, you know, power, does it empower you? Does it make you feel loved? Does it make you careful, cared for? That's God's fullness. That's how his fullness comes. Is it sound? A sound mind, a disciplined mind. God doesn't just say stuff that's just ridiculous. That's going to put you in a bad situation. He says stuff that's, that's sound. There's self-control involved in it. That's what that word actually means, a mind under self-control. That's what it means. You know, you... Y'all, y'all okay? Yeah, okay. I'm just looking at you badly. Yeah. You see, uh, one of the things about that self-discipline thing is um, it really is the, the mind of the Lord to have self-discipline. It really is. And when God begins to speak, He speaks in a disciplined way. He doesn't speak in a reckless way. He doesn't speak in a way that would endanger us. Now, He may put us in danger. God would never want to try to endanger you as a person. He may put you in bad situations, difficult situations. But he always gives us this mind of self-control and discipline that we can think through what we're in and what's going on. 
And so when he speaks to us, he gives us thoughts. He gives us logical thoughts. He gives us real thoughts. They're not just all spiritual, but they're real and they're practical and we can actually apply them to our lives. That's, that's the way his voice comes. See, every one of you, every day, they say on the average, 30, uh, over 30,000 thoughts come to average person. 30,000. And so we have to discern which one of those thoughts are from God and which one's from the world, which one's just me, which one's the devil. Because those are the voices that are speaking to us. And you can, when you, if your thoughts, if these thoughts are coming to you and you feel like they, they put hope in you, you can, you can believe that's God. And, 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 and if they're, like I said, they're, they make you feel love. And it causes your faith to flow. You can believe it's God. You can know that God's talking to you at that moment. You can begin to respond. Let me tell you what happened to me recently. This is crazy. Um, y'all want to hear this? Y'all are just not helping me. I'm telling y'all. Y'all are frowning at me. And that didn't mean to me. Well, God is releasing more revelation right now. Okay? That's what he's doing. So I had this thing that happened to me, okay, with these other pastors. Where God really gave me this download about it. It was incredible. I wasn't looking for a download. I was just in a pastor's meeting. Actually, I was just going to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be back in a minute. Oh, you're remodeling your kitchen. I'm going to stop by your kitchen and look at your kitchen. I walk into this church's kitchen and all of a sudden heaven opens over me. Ooh. And God starts talking to me I about like the that. pastor of that church. I'm thinking, Ooh. wow, this is amazing. So I went back and said, hey, I think I got something from you from the Lord. I started telling him. He was like, you could have seen the, his face went flush. It was amazing. And then, as I was saying, there was another bachelor sitting there. All of a sudden, I started getting this download off of him. It was unreal. And it's like, because I was in the dumb moment. Like, uh, this is a pastor's meeting. They're boring. They're kind of miserable sometimes. Like, they're not spiritual sometimes, okay? They're just God. And that's the way it felt to me. Well, I, after it was over with, I did all that, and it was time for me to leave, actually. I got in my car. I said, Lord, what was that all about? This is what he said to me. He said, that had nothing to do with you. That had everything to do because I love those two people. And if you will learn how to love, you can be used. There's no limit to how much I will use you. If you can just learn that, oh, here I am. I'm special. God gave me a doubt. Forget that. It's not about you. It's about God loving somebody and caring about somebody. And if you can really tap into that, that's what he was telling me. He was trying to teach me. Byron, forget all this about being spiritually gifted and blah, blah. If you can just love, I'll, you know, there, there's no limit. There's no limit on how much God will use you. I mean, because that's what God wants to do. He wants to love people. He wants to give people hope. He wants to give people a sound mind. Now, I will admit to you, sometimes people say stuff to you, and you're thinking, that's not the Lord. That's where you can bring the sound mind to Christ to them. You know, not because they need to be corrected, but because they need to be loved. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. They need to be loved yeah. by giving them a correct thinking, suggesting to them, this is my little boy, this is what God wants. That's right. Don't do that. That's foolish. That will lead you down a bad path. And then it's up to them whether they do it or not. All right, I'm going to finish. 
Okay, here's the other one that I wrote down. Ask God empowering questions. Ask God empowering questions. This is great. This, I want to just like, oh, at the worst moment ever. Okay? At, like seven years ago in one of my most desperate moments. Why does this happen to me, Lord? I'm being warned. That's the way I felt. I'm being warned. Our church is ruined. That's where we were at. It felt that way. It felt like we were being destroyed. Why, Lord? Why? Why? And the Lord started speaking to me. This is what he started talking to me about. Jesus was on the cross. You're asking a question of darkness. Jesus has already asked that question to you. When he said, my God, why? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It wasn't because God had forsaken Jesus jumped into our dark world. Okay? That's what he was doing. He was getting into our darkness. Okay? Of how we feel in those moments when God seems nowhere around in our life. Everybody in this room knows it. If there's just been time when it, it just felt dark. And where's God? And why are you doing this, Lord? And why have you let this happen? And many people fall away from the Lord because that's a bad question. That question opens the door for the devil. It really does. We need to ask God in power. Like, like, Lord, what do you want me to learn right now? Yeah. What, what can I do right now, Lord? Like, all these sick people have been coming to me lately. At first, it's like, oh, what in the world? Here's what you need to do. Well, what am I supposed to do? You need to go after sickness. Don't just don't be a victim of sickness. Don't woe is me about sickness. Don't ask me why people are sick. Go after it. Go after it. Don't stand up to it. Stand up to it. If a bunch of people start dying, which I wish I'd have done then, instead of being overcome by this spirit of death, stand up to the death and start fighting. Start pushing back. But if we sit around, why me? We're going to be victims. And we're going to get run over and everybody's going to get sick and nobody's going to get healed. So when we begin to, when we're in trouble in our life, but we'll start asking God empowering questions, we can begin to hear from God. We can begin to cut through the chase. But if you step into that darkness and linger there, and I mean, I get it, everybody's going to ask why. I'm not saying you're not going to do that. That's humanity. But just get out. Ask your why and move on. Like, okay, I've asked yeah. you why. You obviously, you have no interest in answering that question. You know, but you do have interest in letting me see something right now. You do have interest in letting me be able to navigate right now. You do have interest in releasing wisdom right now. You do have those things. Well, I think there's somebody in here that may have liked this. I did ask him this question in that dark time. Lord, what do you want me to have in this time? And this is what he told me. He said, I want you to find out what's real in your heart right now. That's what I want you to do. And I want you to stick to that. Instead of asking why, what do you want me to have? When you're in your worst moment, find out what God wants you to have for you. And you know why he wants you to have that? Because the devil wants that. And when you're in your worst moment, the devil wants to take it from you. He wants to talk you out of it. So, you know, there's... I feel like if you look at our culture, I'm I'm into... uh, 
I've thought about three things in our culture that I feel are perverted. Okay? And they're all amazing things. One has to do with identity. Okay? Notice what the world has done with identity. It has perverted identity. You have this thing called identity politics, which is a traversity to our nation. It's, just, it's destructive. But see, here's one of the reasons that's happened. Because the body of Christ has not captured their true identity. We have not become our true selves. We've allowed this real identity of who we're supposed to be. We've let go of it. We've never pursued it. We've chosen to be something that wears a mask or a facade. Because we're afraid of being our real self. And so when the church becomes its real self, we can begin to deal with that spirit that's out there. The other thing has to do with the love of God, but it's just love. Love's inclusive, right? It is inclusive. Love has a big, wide arm. You know? But that can be perverted. And you can see how that's perverted in the world. You know? And so we really have to really know that God is trying to talk to the church about love, and about identity. Those are two really important. What was the third one, honey? I told you that the other day. <laughs> huh? Peace. I did. See what I asked. Does anybody ever have this experience with your spouse? You're talking to them about something really important. And you're telling them all this. And ten minutes later, they come and ask you about it. Like, did you hear about such and such? Uh, I just spent 10 minutes talking to you about that. Yeah, I haven't heard about it. Obviously, you did. Hey, I don't know what it is. Don't do that. I told the truth. She's bad for that, man. I just get to talk all kinds of stuff at home. Like, nobody's listening. Let me, let me thank you for a second here. I think identity and love for sure. Peace. You know, we don't need the world's definition, the, the culture's definition of love. Y'all, we need God's definition of love. We don't need what the world says love looks like. We need what God said love looks like. And I feel like with the church, we've adopted some of the world's things about the identity and about the love of God. Uh, we really adopted those things, and they're not biblical. They're, they're, there's an element of truth in them, but it's only an element. It's a small element. There's all this other stuff that's very deceptive and very wrong. And so when you begin to learn how to discern the voice of the Lord, you can start discerning all this stuff that's happening. You see, right now, that's what God wants to do. There's stuff going on around you, and you need to be able to discern. Like, what God, what does God say? What, this is not this is not God. This, this, this sounds great. Oh, being inclusive sounds great. It sounds awesome. But there's a deception in it. There's a deception in it. And what we had to learn, when we, we begin to learn the voice of the Father and learn what the Father's doing, you start picking up on things. And I feel this. This is why I'm sharing this. I feel like we're in a time right now where God is starting to open things up spiritually. He really is. It hasn't felt like this for a long time for me. But all of a sudden, I'm like that one is, I've had several ones where all of a sudden I'm picking up on things in the course of my day. Not in some church meeting or some special moment. In the course of my day where all of a sudden I'm feeling things and hearing things from heaven again. It's almost like the, you know, the spiritual worldwide web 
Some of y'all remember that. It's almost like, oh, I found, I got my plug back. And I'm plugging back in to the Spirit in a fresh way, in a new way. And I'm hearing things in the Spirit that I haven't heard. And God is talking. And God has got something to say. The key is we need to know this, God. We need those filters cleansed. We need our filters cleansed. We need this bias that we have broken off of us. Because we all have a bias. When you go to the Bible, don't try to make the Bible say what you want it to say or what you think. Let it speak for itself. And so I want to really encourage you today. This is why I'm not doing a terrible job on this. But I'm just telling you, God is wanting to reveal himself and begin to speak to people. And he wants to speak to you. And he wants to reveal things to you and I. He wants to let us to let us know what's happening in our world, in our lives, in our homes, where we can do something about it, where we can pray, where we can declare something, where we can speak against something. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I just want to say, I think this is a very important message this morning. I was praying. I felt like the Lord said to me, my people desperately need to know how to tell the difference between an impression they're having and a word I'm getting. And I've been sitting here and I just realized Byron's tapped into what's really in the heart of the Lord. We really need to take the message here today seriously. It's important that we know how to distinguish between impressions and a word that the Lord has given us. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I, I really feel this. I've been feeling this for a while. Okay. You're going to limit yourself. You're going to limit yourself. Don't limit yourself. 
Don't do it. Believe that God can show you what He's saying. Believe that He can teach you how to discern His voice, how to know His voice. Believe it. Begin to believe it and begin to allow Him to speak. And here's, what you, here's all you got to do. When you feel like you're hearing, just stop. Just pause. And tap into Him and talk to Him a minute. And He'll let you know. You'll know. And I'll, you know what? It's just amazing when God speaks to us. Amen? Amen. I want you to stand up. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. That's Ephesians 1, 17, 18. Father, I'm just praying this right now. This beautiful prayer that you gave Paul to give to these Ephesian believers that he was praying for them that, that you would give them. You would fill them. You would fill them more. I believe the Lord's already given us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I really believe that. But I don't think we're always full of it. We're full of other things. I pray, Lord, you'd fill us right now with the spirit, the Holy Spirit of wisdom in revelation, in the revelatory knowledge of Jesus Christ. It would begin to flow in us, Lord. It would flow in our hearts. It would touch our hearts. And there would be an enlightenment to come. That we would have enlightenment. It was like God, somebody turned the light on in us that was dark. And we began to see and we began to hear and we began to feel with the Holy Spirit and touch with the Holy Spirit and smell with the Holy Spirit. We would be able to know things that we could not know. Lord, I'm asking you to do that. I'm asking you to fill this room with it. Fill this room with it. Lord, I pray when we go to bed at night, we'd ask for that. I pray when we wake up in the morning, fill me again, Lord. Fill my dreams with that, Lord. Fill my waking hours with the spirit of wisdom. And think about this, wisdom, revelation, knowledge, enlightenment. That's what that whole prayer is about. God wants you to have it. Let's just, this microphone wasn't working. It wasn't my fault. Just take a moment and receive that. I really encourage you. The moment you receive it. I'm serious. I really encourage you to begin to pray that prayer. Honest oración. Go read Ephesians 1. I pray it. You know what I do? Ephesians 1. Every night when I get in bed, Cada noche que me, me voy a dormir, I pray that prayer. Yo oración. When I wake up in the morning, I pray that prayer. Cuando yo me levanto, honesta oración. I pray it for my sleep. And I prayed it for my way. Cuando me levanto, la oro. Cuando me acuesto, la oro. And I feel like God's starting to answer. Y yo siento que Dios ha comenzado a contestarme. I feel like He's starting to release it. Él ha comenzado a soltar algo en mi vida. And Lord, I just ask you to put a hunger Pon in us. Nosotros. A hunger. Un hambre. For the spirit of wisdom and revelation. De sabiduría y revelación. In the revelatory knowledge of Jesus. El conocimiento de Jesús. And that the eyes of our heart y que los ojos de nuestro corazón would be enlightened. That literally is the eyes of your understanding, your heart understands. Lord, I just ask you to wash over us now with that. And that we'd be people who would pull on that. Because it's available. It's available. It's available. 
We've already got it. Ya lo tenemos, ya lo recibimos. That's the tragedy of all this. We've, we've got something, but we haven't tapped into it. Lo recibimos, pero no sabemos cómo conectarnos. We haven't pulled on it. No lo hemos tomado. That's what we need to do, like a child pulls on his mother's neck and releases it. We need to get that release going in our lives. When we're pulling like children on the breast of God. Como hijos. And they, it begins to be a flow from heaven that starts happening in And I just want to encourage you to press into healing. Quiero animarte a que vayas detrás de la sanidad. Cuando te encuentras con gente enferma, sé valiente y ora por sanidad. Yo creo que va a venir un día donde la sanidad va a tocar a la iglesia. Y tenemos que fluir en esto. Amén. All right, we're going to get the ministry team up. El equipo de ministerio que pase. We'd like to invite you to pray. Come up and get prayer. Así que la oración pasa aquí adelante. If you have business that you still want to take care of or a fight that you still still need to pick. Si hay cosas que todavía tienes que hacer, batallas que pelear, pas adelante. We also want to bring Maya up. Maya, can you do it over there for me? Maya is heading out to Israel this uh, this coming week. Maya está yendo a Israel. This is a significant trip for her. Typically, she goes with Jerry and Judy Ball, as you guys probably know. And she's, they're not going this trip, so let's release a little extra something to Maya. So if you feel inclined to pray, please come up and pray for her. Or come up and receive prayer. If not, y'all can be dismissed. We love you. Have a fantastic day.